This is the first episode of Book Fuck Explosion I'm on. This is exciting. <laughs> this is, ep- I don't know, episode three or something? Three. No, 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 no. It's the third one that we're recording, but this is coming out after Owen Meany, which is coming out a month from today. So it's going to be like the fifth. But this is only this is a Patreon exclusive, so it's not even going to be on the main feed. Yeah. We're talking about Simon Birch, the sort of kind of film adaptation of Owen Meany. Boy, oh boy. Theme song. I mean, we have a theme song for the podcast, too, but I forgot that we have a different theme song for this one that you needle drop at the perfect moment. (laughs) Yeah, so Jim Carrey, huh? Jim Carrey, the man of of a thousand faces, the mask himself, Mr. Ace Ventura, dumb. I assume Jeff Daniels is dumber. (laughs) The titular man on the moon. Truman. The spotless mind. That's right. The the titular number twenty three, that's yeah, he's he's the number twenty three. Bruce, Almighty himself. Talk about a movie about faith. <laughs> Let's keep doing it. What other, what other Jim Carrey movies are there? Oh well, you, I mean, you've got uh, you've got uh, the Deadpool, the Clint Eastwood Dirty Harry movie. Okay, that he's in. You've got uh, Liar Liar. You've got Liar Liar. Ace Ventura, Pet Detective 2, When Nature Calls. Sure. You've got... I think we did pretty good. There's probably a ton that we're missing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Movies like Simon Birch that we did not know he was in. Well, you've got the uh, the movie The Majestic. Ooh, yeah. That's a big one. Don't, don't, no, don't do it. Don't do it. Joey reached for his phone like a chump. He's going to try to... He was going to try to gaslight you into thinking that he had all these movies no 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 i was gonna go down his most popular movies on letterboxd and see no we're done this is it jim carrey star of simon birch yeah that movie was bad it's a bad movie and we're allowed to we're allowed to talk shit because we're behind the paywall it's a bad bad movie it's a bad movie and a terrible adaptation and an extremely terrible adaptation of owen meany an insulting movie you know for for the ways in which Owen Meany takes faith seriously and, you know, lays traps for you along the way. Uh, This movie does none of that. Um, First of all, it cuts off as they enter high school. The the entire second half of the novel is not not included. Correct. Owen himself, the titular Simon, because they changed the name because John Irving was like, this ain't my book, (laughs) is played by a young man who has... A syndrome uh, called Marquios syndrome, I believe Something it's like called. Something like that, yes. Uh, so he is... Morquio. Uh, M-O-R-Q-U-I-O. He does his best with, with the role. I mean, the acting is not the problem in this movie. No, because there are great actors in this movie. Uh, Oliver mentioned Jim Carrey. Oliver Platt does a serviceable Dan Needham. David Strathairn, not his best work, but not his fault. Not his fault. Um, you've got Ashley Judd as uh, Mama Wheelwright. With the noteworthy breasts. The kid from Jurassic Park as Johnny. Um, Joe. Uh, the, the cousins are, are cut out entirely. Yep. They're not in it. As you said during, the, you, you, were, you were reading me some things. That oh, John, Jan Hooks was the teacher. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So as, as you were reading. Um, ah, we missed the Grinch. You weren't supposed to look it up. As you, you, were, you were looking at some quotes from, from uh, John Irving about this film. Yeah, and the director. Because you said the, the thing that really kind of stuck with me is that you said, this guy probably loved this book. And so yeah. I wanted to find him talking about the book. And I 
couldn't really, kind of. Like, my, my bet was that it was a passion project that, like, you know, it's a 620-page book, so it's impossible, w- nearly impossible to adapt that. In the episode on the main feed, I talked about how you shouldn't try to adapt it, that it is essentially a novel, you know, made for the form. It's not a narrative that can be shaped around a medium. It right. is partial to the medium in which it was born. The, the movie sort of, I, I think, I think proved. I mean, it was not, you know, maybe it wasn't in capable hands. Maybe there are other ways that you could attempt it. But um, the movie conceded immediately by cutting it in half and thematically neutering it, taking, dr- dropping the, everything about Vietnam, the entire anti-war movement. Right. Um, nothing about Ronald Reagan in there proclaims to sort of be a movie about faith, right? It's not, I don't think it's about faith. It's just like around faith. Like, I think there's a difference. Like, I think like Owen's like, I'm God's instrument, but like that's as deep as he goes into it. We have no reason to even ask why he thinks that he's God's instrument. No. Right? In the book, he sees his great, his, his, he, okay, so he. Well, he's told before really anything in the book happens that he was a virgin birth. That he was a virgin birth. Which we don't know until the end. We don't know until the end. But at 10 or 11 years old. He is told by his parents because they thought he was old enough, which is clearly not the case, right. that he should know that he was a virgin birth. Which sets the wheels in motion toward this deterministic Which this movie fully disputes. Like, it, they show a Well, it doesn't birth. have the guts. There, there is, there is well, something. I guess, I, guess, I guess a virgin birth implies an actual birth, too. Yes. Yeah. Never mind. <laughs> Take that back. But, but, but you know, th- th- that would be a gutsy move. That would be that's a gutsy move in a, in a, in a mainstream PG film to, have, to be like, you know what, this kid is also Jesus. So the elements of faith— Owen is told that he is a virgin birth. He is the instrument of death in uh, Tabitha Wheelwright's uh, death, the instrument of murder in Tabitha Wheelwright's death. He sees his gravestone yes. with with his actual date in his of death dream on over it, and over again. In his dream over and over again. And then he sees the events that make him a hero. Yeah. In this movie, he's just like, I'm a hero. I am an instrument of God. And that, that's all. There's nothing to uh, propel that narrative where A Prayer for Own Meaning is a series of um, miraculous events that drive us toward the conclusion that the Christian God is is living. Right. This book is just like, isn't it neat to believe? It's the schmaltzy sheen. Like, this is a movie that my parents would love. And that, that's not shade against that. I mean, a little shade against that. Well, it's very, it's very after, it's got very after school special vibes. It's the kind of movie that someone who goes to church would not only like, but recommend. Cause it's like, it's not, it's not too Jesus-y. Yeah. It's about faith. Like it's, they're on our side, but it's not, you're not gonna get hit over the head with the message. It, do, it also doesn't push back against anything, right? Like it's, no, it, it's milk toast. It's for milk toast. Milk toast sure. One thing that's interesting about Own Meanie is that it exists in this space that you don't hear about all that much in America, which is a Christian space that is profoundly progressive in its politics. Yeah. And, and you know, that exists. I mean, the, 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 there, there are Christian communities all, all across America that are, are uh, fit into every pocket of leftism. But as far as, like, pop culture is concerned, you don't really see that. So a movie like this sort of uh, uh, plays in—it's it, trying to have everything by doing nothing. Well, you said, like, this is like a trailer for the book. Yeah, for the first half of the book, even. Yeah. Yeah. It wants to be the book, to your point, but it can't be. Like, there's not only be just beyond your point about it being essentially a novel, there's too much stuff, and there's too much layering— 
to ever adapt that into a thing that's shorter than like what maybe 12 hours like you could probably make this into like a pretty compelling like hbo one season miniseries okay let's talk about how to do it i i have like a very specific idea on how this well, i could think possibly each be chapter is an episode because mm-hmm. i think each like i don't think each chapter on its own could stand alone like if we compare it to memories of my father watching tv like each of those is standalone like they all kind of connect together i don't think you could be like hey yeah i'm gonna watch like the little Lord Jesus, and like that's a maybe it's a maybe it's a story on its own. I don't know, but I feel like each of them is so self-contained to a certain extent that each of those, like you have a nine-episode season. Mm-hmm. That's all I got so far. Okay, so a problem a problem that I have with this is casting. Fundamentally, there's a casting problem because Owen yeah. Meany is otherworldly. the mo- The movie Simon Birch solves this by giving. Owen health problems, yep. which he does not have in the book. In the book, he is very small and he has a strange voice. That's it. He doesn't have, he, he's not like, like in the movie, in, in the beginning, they're like, he has heart problems. He might not live till he's 12. The actor playing him is uh, um, wearing hearing aids. Hearing aids. Um, he, he is, uh, his body is like non-traditional. Um I don't, I don't, I don't know how the his disorder affects his whether it's muscular or skeletal or whatever. Morchio syndrome is a rare enzymatic, like enzyme disorder affecting the circulatory, muscular, and skeletal systems. All three, full house. Yeah. Wow. He's still alive though, which I'm very. I was, I was cautiously going to Wiki to see, and he was born in May '87. He's still alive, so right on. Good, good for him. Yeah. So, so, but Owen, the Owen of the book, does not have any of that. And he is just a, a small person. Yeah. And so what you have to have is you have to have a character that goes from being 11, a little younger than 11, yeah. to being in his 20s, to yeah. being 20. And you have to have him not age, and you have to ha- have everyone else around him age. So this is insane, but like Andy Circus CGI? One way you could pop plausibly do it is like what they did with chris evans and captain america sure that, that's a possibility even then you have so you cast like the 20 year old and you like cgi his face onto like the body of a young which still looks weird yeah here's my answer make it a fucking animated movie or an sure. an- animated miniseries and then and i think this is essential because the movie simon birch did not do this because the voice is incredibly important, yeah. right? You get someone like Tom Kenny to craft a voice specifically for this. You sit down with him and you read the book together and you have him do an artistic, like a brilliant voiceover actor like like Tom Kenny. And you say like, all right, man, this is this is yours. D- do this. Yeah. Then you get maybe what Irving is trying to get across. And also, so you have nine episodes animated series animated miniseries probably with a iron giant style sure. animation yeah and you have faith in the viewers and literally you, and you put fucking everything in it yeah because that's what you, you zach snyder you snyder cut owen me well that's why zach snyder and to a different but similar extent like like Sin City, the movie, mm-hmm. when you add in the scenes that it cut out, because it cut out like a handful of scenes just to make it smoother. Like it is the graphic novel, like frame for frame, yeah. and if it, it's it almost makes it inessential to do the other thing. But like it's like, hey, this is the best story you'll ever read, and if you don't have twenty seven hours to listen to the audiobook or the fifteen to twenty hours it'll take you to read it, 
watch this thing. It's like 14 hours long, but like it's a way that you can digest it. Yeah. And and this is, you know, like the novel is plotted and structured so carefully that the fucking audacity that someone would have to be like, you know what? I'm going to rewrite this. I'm going to I'm going to cut this stuff out. I can think we can streamline. No, you cannot. Yeah. And you don't even have to you reorder. Can't do you don't have to reorder the flashbacks or the current day or any of it. Just do it. Just do it straight, straight through, straight through. Because what's crazy? You about could rotoscope the... it too if you really want. That 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 Ooh. could work too. But then you would need something in real life to rotoscope over Owen Meany. Fine, get a kid to do it. I guess get yeah. a kid to do it and get Tom Kennedy to do the voice. What's crazy about the movie is that it's making nods and winks to people. We talked about this who read the book, like the dummy, which we talked about. I think briefly we talked about. But there's the there's a dressing dummy, like a model, a mannequin that the mom has that after she dies, Owen takes. And it's just in Simon's bedroom in this movie for a scene that's not addressed. And it shows up, we looked an hour 20 into the movie. And it's one of the like three or four most important objects in the book. And it's just like, hey, we know you read the book. Check this out. Pretty cool, right? Yeah, absolutely maddening. What was the thing? There was a line in the movie that I like, I got really mad at. Because it was was Jim Carrey doing voiceover and it was about like, it was about faith. Oh, it was about something about uh, Owen not knowing why things matter or why things... Yeah. Oh, Owen keeps in, in, in the movie, Simon, keeps on asking Meryl over and over and over again. He's like, tell me there's a purpose. Tell me there. Tell me I have a purpose. Tell me there's a purpose. The Owen of the of the book just knows he, he just knows it's the kind of the point you, you, you get to thinking that this guy didn't fucking understand the book. Yet liked it enough to write a screenplay about it, have it made, and then be like, it's too close to me. I need to direct this myself. Yeah, man. If I get an email from Patreon that says Mark Stephen Johnson is now a new patron, I'm going to delete this episode immediately. No, don't. He needs to hear. He, I, I would like to have a conversation he's with this He's got to know, right? I mean, I'm sure some people gave him shit for it. Do you think he's happy with this? He might be. I mean, and if he is, I, you know, like, great. Like no one, no one was hurt by the movie. Well, because I do think, because I, I said this to you by the end of the movie, that there are big chunks of this movie that I don't think are that bad. Like I think it's not the book at all. Mm. It's like inspired by the book, but it's not the book. But which we talked about, you can't do the book, right? So I think as a movie, if you, if I was trying to think, like, if I have never read the book and I don't know what's happening, I think there are large chunks of this movie that are like not great, but like good, pleasant, fine. It's a serviceable after-school special, and then. It's like, wait, we need to get to this point that the book does. And it, like, makes these illogical leaps and everything. Like, I think, and I don't know how this works, but if it was less slavish to the book, it would be better. Even though it wildly does something different. Yeah. I think the fact that it still has Owen Meany in its DNA is its own worst enemy. Yeah. I mean, at that point, why not just write your own movie? Yeah. Be be like, man, Owen Meany really inspired me to make my own faith-based movie. Fine, and name great. The, name the kid Owen. We we talked we talked about this on the on the on the main feed, but Irving was inspired by a lot of novels sure. to 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 uh, build his own narrative. So there's no reason why you can't do that. Just like why would you uh, abandon the core tenets of of, of a movie of well, the, of, a, of a novel to make well, a movie? Well, the quote that I I read to you was that John Irving he like Mark Stephen Johnson showed the screenplay to him or whatever. And he's like, my book's about two things. You took one of them out. Yeah. Well, what's the what's the purpose? Why why 
why make a movie like this? I don't know. I, like, it, it almost makes me think. I think it would be funny. I don't think it would be good, but I think it would be funny if we heard from the director and he's just like, I love this book. None of my friends read. I wanted them to know, to know the story, and so I made a movie for them or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's that's the only reason, I think. Because this, this movie had a $20 million budget, which, considering the quote also from the piece, that Jim Carrey makes $25 million a movie and did it probably for what, maybe like... Yeah, probably nothing. 200, like a quarter million, like whatever. Like, just like appearance fee or whatever. It made $18 million the box office, which is not good. Like, it lost money, but also that made more money than I thought it would have. I wouldn't... I wouldn't shit directly on the writer director because movies are tough and you never know how many different... no I'm, I'm, I'm trying to give it the, in, a, in a way credit that like mm-hmm. it made more money than i thought it was going to yeah yeah i just i i don't know i mean i i really think that uh like a two hour long version of this is uh a fool's errand yeah is there a version of the book that you could do in two hours? I guess a chapter you could do in two hours. Well, that's what you would have. You, that's what you would have to do. You would you you would have to. You, maybe you could abandon uh, abandon certain themes. There actually, there's a writer, Alice Monroe, who who uh, comes up a couple times in A Prayer for Owen Meany um, because he's teaching her. She's Canadian, and he's teaching her as can lit. Uh, she a phrase he's, he hates. Yeah, he's, te- he's teaching a can lit class, and so he's teaching Alice Monroe. And one of the I haven't read that much Alice Monroe, but one of the great things about her, all of her stories feel like you are dropped into the middle of something. It feels like she wrote 200 pages on either side and took 45 pages out of the middle and you're just have to figure the rest out on your own. Fuck you. So yeah, there is something beautiful about that. And like, if you did that, if you were just like, look, you're not going to understand some shit in this movie. And that's because it exists off screen. I would respect that as like a, a functional artistic choice. If you were going to adapt, I don't know. I don't know what you would what you would adapt. Maybe the voice section. Maybe, maybe the section where they're in uh, high school and and you have him getting kicked out because that seems the least with the other plot stuff, uh, least necessary to that other stuff. Yeah, certainly the section we talked about least. Because I think they each stand. Like I'm just thinking about the miniseries idea. Like how compelling it would be. So like, did you? read or watch the outsider the stephen king film. No. so in the novel i'm gonna spoil something that happens like 100 pages in or something there's this guy that like it's the jason bateman show and then he produced it and he brought it to hbo and you're like oh it's the new jason bateman series and like 100 pages in at the end of the second episode of 12 he gets killed mm-hmm. and you're like wait like hold on it's like it's the scream thing right it's like the, the what you think it is so like if you think it's about small town whatever and the end of the first episode this woman dies a horrific it's like i need to watch more yeah it works like it just it's compelling and to have it be all schmaltzy with like him like popping a ball foul and like, yeah and like a like a a, a a sweeping soundtrack and then you have the the leaves rustling in new hampshire yeah. and the sun coming through the branches and it's like you know new hampshire is a beautiful bucolic state and and there's certainly landscapey things that you can you can do for it but like tonally it was all fucked up yep because like I, so here's a here's a question and i don't know if there's an answer to this question would you rather this movie exist if it makes people seek out the book or would you rather this movie doesn't exist because it, spo- it could spoil the book for people who have experienced both? Like my friend Ben doesn't really remember the book because he saw the movie and didn't like the movie. Like, do you think that... It- well, that's a, that's a bummer about Ben. Yeah. But do you think that there's like a net positive to this? That it's like people might be inclined... 
Yeah, I don't think a movie. I, I, I well, I mean, ban aside, I, uh, I think, I think books. I think that's also fueled by just like a distance in time. I think he did it like in school, like fifteen or twenty years ago. You know. Well, you know my feeling. I, I think school ruins literature for people. I would agree. Uh, which you know, I'm an English teacher, so I shouldn't perpetuate in a cycle. Yeah, I mean, I try my best to not do that. Sure. Um, I think I think books lar- or m- movies based on books largely raise awareness of that books exist and i and i think that like even a shitty movie like for the author it's like if it's shitty you can be like i didn't really have anything to do with that they adapted it and directed it and i'm not part of the creative process for that so you get to write it off and if the movie's good you can be like yeah that's all me that's my story so i think i think it's win-win plus you get a ton of money it's one of it's one of the best ways for an author to make a living and even if it's bad you're like yeah my book was still good enough for the people that wanted to make it into a movie it's not my fault that they couldn't do it the only authors that make a living off of writing the only the only like novelists that make a living off of writing are ones whose novels are adapted into films now. The age of the age of people buying novels en masse and that being their income right, is over. Because it's then people are like, oh, I want to read this Stephen King book because it's going to be adapted one day. Or people are pre-buying adaptations for books that haven't come out yet. The the money that they get for their book being made is, I think largely significantly greater than most of their royalties from the actual book sales. Oh, I'm sure. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. And the thoughts about Simon Birch? Should people see it? No. Okay. It's a waste of time. I, I, I wouldn't watch it, and I would just read the fucking book instead. Or listen to the audiobook. Uh, that's fine, too. Although, the, I, the audiobook that you were listening yeah. to, the voice sounded terrible. All right, new Patreon perk. You make an audiobook for each of the books we read. I think that's illegal, probably. Uh, shit. Also, I'm, yeah, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't trust myself to be able to do... Let's, okay, here, let's, we're each going to do... The Owen Meany voice. We're going to do oh, an no. Owen Meany voice. What line are we going to say? Just look for all caps. Like, it's the easiest book to find when a specific character talks. I've got one. Okay. For me. <clears throat> Liberace! Oh, God. No, no, no. you got to not be anywhere near that close to the microphone. <laughs> Liberace! Who would have believed it possible? Liberace! Killed by watermelons! You got to do a different a different line. I'm sorry that that's going to explode your ear when you when you go back to edit that. Just time stamp it. Oh no, I can see it. Uh, <laughs> my bad. Don't be afraid. <laughs> this is no big deal. This is just a bit of nuclear bluffing. Nothing happens as a result of this. Believe me, I know. That's pretty good. I like yours better. I like in my head. I was hearing a higher pitched Marge Simpson. The entire time that I was reading the book, I was hearing a higher pitched Marge Simpson. Yeah, I was. I think I was hearing a kind of like a stereotypically like girlish scream when he's mm-hmm. younger. Sorry that I screamed into the microphone. We should have read Stephen King's quote as Owen Meany because oh. it's all in capital letters too. I, yeah, I read that quote, not as Owen. Yeah. All right. Uh, is that good? Are we? Yeah, twenty eight minutes in. Ooh, that's the longest of the book fuck explosions. Let's so get far. edited down a little bit, but yeah, you know. Yeah. Well, you don't edit mine, or do you? I do. I don't cut anything out. I just cut out some of the spaces and the ums and the... Which there are a lot of, I bet. I'll leave some in for natural feel. Sure. This is all getting cut out. All right. Maybe. Okay, theme song!